0: Hey everyone, and welcome to The Ad Project, an ongoing series about two guys who put their heads together to start the world's most advanced Amazon advertising agency. They've obsessed over all things in the Amazon advertising world, built an industry-leading platform to gain deeper insights, and continuously test, trial, and push to uncover the most effective advertising strategies. Now they're going to help you grow your Amazon business by pulling back the curtain to share what they've discovered. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. Uh, Usually it's me and Matt talking through different topics, but today what we wanted to do is have a guest on, and we're gonna start doing more guest interviews as we go. And so our guest is Stephen Pope. He's the founder of My Amazon Guy. And Stephen, maybe you wanna just give us a quick intro into you, your background and experience on Amazon, then we can kind of cover some key topics that we'll go through.
1: That'd be great, and Joe, a lot of respect for what you guys do over at Ad Advance so thanks for having me on. <clears throat> so, I am the founder of my Amazon guy, a 55-person agency, full-service, all things Seller Central, everything from traffic generation and conversion improvements, so...
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And 55 people, that's quite the organization to run. So if you're not familiar with Steven, we'll plug some of his materials at the end, but he has an awesome YouTube channel, a ton of great content. So if you're not familiar with Steven, definitely check him out. He's got a ton of great information on on the Amazon selling side and all aspects around that. So yeah, again, thanks for joining. It's great to have you on.
1: Well, I appreciate the plugs. Thank you very much, Joe. So excited to talk about advertising today
0: yeah yeah so today we'll focus on advertising and really you know some key things that i want to dig into is like sponsor products and so how we'll kind of categorize these guest interviews is in the previous episodes for the podcast we've taken taken different topics and we've kind of worked our way up so we started with sponsor products then we went to sponsor brands and sponsored display after that we've talked through a bunch of holistic strategies that we can utilize and so for this one i really wanted to get some other takes on some key items that we can talk through for the sponsor product side get steven's take on that because you know there in some of these some of these topics there's many different ways that you can approach them and so it's always good to get different opinions and then you can decide what's right for you in the ppc space and then one, another one
1: size all doesn't doesn't work anymore i agree
0: it definitely does not exactly yep and so I mean, we can just jump into a couple topics that these are items that we've had debates on internally that we always discuss. And again, it's really customizing per our clients' needs and everything, too. So, I guess. so
1: you're, you're going to give the Duluth, Minnesota version and I'm going to give the Duluth, Georgia version. <laughs> so going to work?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so to just give everybody a quick background too. So Steven is the first person that I've met from Duluth, Georgia. So there's two Duluths. There's Duluth, Minnesota, pretty far up north and there's Duluth, Georgia. And so he's the, he's the one person that I've met from Duluth, Georgia, which and, was pretty and every, exciting. Every
1: time I miss Google an address, I'm finding Joe's aunt in Duluth. So <laughs> yeah, up in Minnesota yeah all right well well, sounds good i'm excited to do this and i'll try and disagree with you as much as possible
0: (laughs) that sounds great so i guess first question that i have so auto campaigns so our approach oh, has always been terrible. utilizing auto campaigns and we pretty much use them across the board. I've heard other people who just like to focus on manual campaigns because they know exactly how people are going to search. But Stephen, give me your take on auto campaigns. How do you use them? Are there instances where you don't use auto campaigns for sponsored products?
1: Every product ever should have an auto campaign without a doubt and never turned off now. The reason a lot of people lazily don't do auto campaigns is because they don't want to add negations. That's why people talk about not running auto campaigns. But if, but here's here's the reason why you got to keep auto campaigns on, unless you are robotically discovering keywords in ways other than an auto campaign, you must rely upon them. Search volumes. I was just like literally right before I got on this call. I was I was on another call. Uh, with a potential client looking at their keyword data. And I said, oh, this is really interesting. It looks like the beetroot extract is up in search volume over the last 30 days by 50%, but, but powder is down by 80%. That's really interesting, I wonder why that is. And then it led to a conversation, right? And if in, a, in an auto campaign would automatically be, be targeting these new keywords that come out of nowhere, right, that you wouldn't have discovered otherwise And a manual campaign would have just been focused on your your beat capsules without any ado about the up and comers and other alternative keywords. So I think it's very easy to set a target ACOS at a campaign level, ad group level, and product and keyword level. And you can segment accordingly however you so choose. But an auto campaign is fundamental for keyword discovery. And also, generally speaking, just as profitable as a manual campaign if set up correctly and negated any ad waste.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree from a keyword discovery perspective, and then also being able to respond very quickly to changes in trends. It, Amazon has such great consumer data and they're continually getting better and better and better at their algorithms too. So yeah. one additional thing I just thought of products. Yeah. So,
1: unless you are paying attention to every new ASIN added to Amazon an auto campaign would auto trigger and target those as well.
0: Sure. Yep. Yep. Now I love that. And one piece that you just got into is negating different keywords. So, you know, in, as we go through, we're optimizing auto campaigns, we're using negative keywords to make sure that we're, we can essentially control these and weed out some poor performers. I wanted to get your take on full keyword isolation. So there, there's two different camps that I tend to see. One is once I move keywords or product targets down the funnel, I want to negate out of auto. And then if I move them, say, from like phrase to exact, I want to negate in the phrase campaign. And then there's another camp that doesn't use isolation. And key, uh, key point there is in terms of relevancy, let's let Amazon choose on where to show those impressions. Where, where do you tend to fall in that debate? Somewhere in the middle, potentially, I guess. And I'm curious to, you know,
1: feel, feel free to go a little layer deeper and, and, and let me know where you think we should go with this, though, because this is kind of an interesting one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if I have a phrase keyword and it's performing really well, and then I move it down to a manual exact campaign, do I set a negative should, should phrase? We like have, should we have or like a negative exact phrase?
1: Should we have like one campaign for one keyword? Is that what you're yeah. asking? Yeah. Yep,
0: yep. Do I so, isolate my keyword to a single campaign using negatives in the downstream campaigns?
1: I, I would say yes, within reason. Should you have 3,000 campaigns on the account? Probably not. But unless you have software to help you manage it, right? But if you had, uh, you know, a couple of really important keywords isolated out, it would make a lot of sense. If I sold tweezers and I had a, a, a bunch of keywords related to tweezers isolated to their own campaign, yeah, that'd make perfect sense, right? If I got a slant tip keyword and I want that one on my slant tip product and I don't want any other keywords in that campaign because I know I want to spend exactly $1,000 per week on it, yeah, it would make perfect sense. Would I do that for every keyword I'm going to spend 20 or $50 on per week? Definitely not. But if there's any keyword that I know I want to defend to the death, right, at any point in time, then I'm going to have it separated out, segmented, if you will, isolated, as you
0: stated. Sure, sure. And and we kind of fall in the middle ground, too. So when we're moving targets down the funnel, say from auto to a manual campaign, because they're performing really well in the auto, we'll negate them in the auto campaign, so we make sure that the impressions are going to manual campaigns. Once it gets between like phrase and exact, we don't necessarily isolate between the different manual campaigns because there are instances where we've seen that Amazon would prefer to show the phrase keyword for whatever reason and it can get a lower cost per click than isolating it to the exact. There's gives and takes for everything so for that case you you can split impressions between the two different campaigns. but we prefer the improvement in CPC that we're seeing overall. So that tends to be our take for it, for some of those really big hero keywords. I definitely agree. You want to isolate those and make sure that you've got full control and maybe segment those into their own campaigns. But in general, we kind of take the middle approach. We don't take the pure keyword isolation approach that I see some people using.
1: So it seems like both the loose and the world have alignment on this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good cuz this one tends to be more controversial every time I post it. Like some people love the the pure approach, but what we're seeing is just from the way that Amazon treats it, sometimes we disagree with that. So everybody should judge their own ad results to the, their own metrics, like
1: whatever their own goals are because if if somebody, you know, if we try to advocate a one size fits all approach, people are going to have different results with it.
0: Sure, sure. So uh, another question that I get quite a bit. So if you're launching a new product or say you have an existing product, like you were just going through and talking with a new potential client that's gonna come in and work with you. What are the different methods that you use for keyword research?
1: I I like to use a variety of keyword tools. I think a lot of the technology is commoditized at this point. So what you can access in the enterprise level tools now available in the dirt cheap just on the market tool. But by and large, I think you should be looking at keyword volumes, competition, trend lines, and then cost per click and figure out how you work that math backwards to see if you can make a profit. There was an aggregate study just done by Tyler Jeffcoat over by Seller Accountant, where he looked at about a quarter million of, of spend and gross sales. And basically indicated that here are the metrics that averaged out across all of those accounts. And it turns out that the average tacos, total ad spend spent on an account is 11% on average. So I'd been telling everybody 10, and now I've moved mine up to 11 in the last 60 days, <laughs> right? That could just be because advertising is getting more expensive. But I would, I would look at the available keywords, the category that are involved, and then try and backtrack to see, okay, what should the target A cost be? What should the tacos be? And what are the bids that I'm willing to, to do and, and then pepper in some additional strategies for SEO potentially. Maybe you got a couple campaigns for some SEO keywords, which as of the A9 update has a diminished effect, but still has about a 6% impact on SEO. So we know PPC helps. And the reason, yeah, we definitely know PPC helps because my number one seller, it's a, it's a funny stupid wine glass, right? I have a brand called Mobster. I do it to showcase stuff like, like this. And it got banned from advertising about a month ago and this product was selling 1000 units a month no problem forever the the wine glass title is i'm not drinking alone i'm social distancing right total trend line make fun of whatever we're all experiencing as human beings well this item has the word drinking on it and then all of us and it has the word wine in the title so all of a sudden one day i get onto a podcast and my number one wine glass is banned from ads and i'm like WTF. This has been live 18 months, no problem, whatever. So over the course of the last month, I have been testing different things. It is still banned at time of this recording and I have not been able to get my ad reinstated. So for anybody out there listening to this who may appreciate my suffering on this, by the way, (laughs) if you have a technique to get an item reinstated for advertising, I would love to hear it. I've tried pretty much everything I can find. I have tried deleting the listing. I've tried closing the listing. I have tried a ticket and a call to Amazon daily, by the way, for the last 35 days. I have removed all of my images, my a content, reworked my bullet points, nothing. I have even added, the craziest thing I did, which was the stupidest thing I did at the same time, I added the word censored over the top of the word drinking of my main image <laughs> to see if it was the word drinking on my main image that was causing this problem. Sure. That also failed. And you know what that did? That took my, my sales rate from like 200 a week down to 22 a week. It was really hard waiting for the ad response on that one. I was like, I don't know if I can wait another day. Sure. I, I've just destroyed my best-selling listing. How do I recover this? Like we all experience this sort of stuff. And then the last thing I've just tried, I just, t- I just tested this two days ago. So it's kind of waiting on the data on this one is I removed the word wine from the entire listing. Right. I sell a wine glass with a stupid saying on it and it's funny to me. And, and I don't know, I don't know if my listing will ever recover. But I do know that the reason that this whole thought was triggered because I started thinking about how SEO is affected by PPC ads. And I know for a fact it is because I started losing my keyword rankings. I was in rank number one for the term wine glass. (laughs) One, number one.
0: That is awesome. And now it's at rank 20. How quickly did you see that impact? I mean, because this is an awesome case study to talk through. So, ad goes out, you lose all advertising. How quickly did you start seeing organic rank dropping down after that? So, sales cut in half overnight
1: without PPC on. And mind you, I was advertising in the same terms that I organically ranked for, right? Sure. So having multiple ad coverage. So a lot of people ask this question like should you should you advertise on something you're organically ranked number 1 for and the answer is absolutely. Here's the use case. Yeah, right? yeah. Cuz my sales cut in half the moment that stopped. Okay. And then the organic ranks just like just within a week they dropped 10% and then 20% and now I'm sure. like 40%. So like it just it immediately impacts it. So I've lost I've lost indexing and I've also lost rank. And for those that don't know the difference between what I'm talking about, indexing is just showing up for a word. So I've actually unindexed some words and then rank, I went from rank one or whatever down to 30 or 40. So I'm still rank one for the term social distancing wine glass, but you will notice that there are three competitors advertising on this term with my exact product, same wording, And not banned from advertising so this is one of those situations where amazon ban hammered the number one seller in the space but let everybody else do whatever the heck they want which is why i've been fighting this so badly
0: yeah yeah and and so i think you have like multiple different interesting pieces there so one one item that we can hit on like you just covered so if i'm ranking number one organically should i run ads and so this is this is a great example of that and A lot of people who are on Amazon, they don't even realize that there's advertising on the space, Steven. I don't know if you run into this, but I will like tell people what I do. And I'm like, yeah, we, we help sellers (laughs) optimize their advertising on Amazon. And like, it's like a 50, 50 chance that somebody will say, oh, there's advertising on Amazon. Uh, Many people don't even realize there's ads on Amazon. Do you have a significant other? Uh, Yeah.
1: Okay. So I'm married and my wife tries to explain my job to men on the street, right? Like random man on the street. MOS, <laughs> that's the reporter term from back in my like, TV reporter days, right? Yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like we help people sell stuff on Amazon, which then triggers like 10 follow-up questions. Like, how do you do that? Well, it's really complicated and there's some data involved and than shipping and pretty much everything it takes to run a company. Yeah. So I totally get what you're saying. There's advertising on Amazon, like this, this, this little word says
0: sponsored underneath the product. People don't even notice it. Yep. Yep. And so, so the key point with that is when people type a search into Amazon, they assume that the top listing, many people assume especially if they don't know there's ads, that that is actually the top organic ranking. And so many people will just go through and buy that without even thinking about it, because this is the top rank by Amazon. I'm just going to go and purchase it. And so that's one great example. When you lost the ability to advertise all of a sudden, a lot of that traffic now probably started going to the next advertiser who is up there for those. Terms. It did. Yeah. It and then the, did. the other really interesting piece for that too, is that, all right, organic rankings started to drop but it takes a little while, it's delayed. And so this is always the difficulty too, to get a direct correlation between advertising for these top products and what your organic and how it impacts organic ranking. We're of the same perspective where, all right, even if you're ranking at the top spot, one, you can lose that traffic, but two, somebody else is gonna take over that traffic if you're not advertising for that top spot drive more sales volume, and then that can also impact your organic ranking over time. So it does. yeah, really, so really interesting.
1: Case. But in my case, 50.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, and, and yeah, yeah. And honestly, I don't have any good examples or ways to get you reinstated. So if anybody else does, <laughs> let I, us both know. <laughs> I mean, like, like I just, just for your audience sake, I think Joe's an,
1: an expert, right? Like I think I'm an expert and both Joe and I don't know the answer to this scenario. Right. That's to show you, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Listener that that even as an expert, we make mistakes and don't have all the answers. It's it's a grind to sell on Amazon. A lot of people like you go on the YouTube or whatever, and you're like hashtag passive income. How do I retire on Amazon and get six figures in? like that? Th- these are the sort of videos that we see out there. And then you listen to Joe and hear advertising techniques and it's like a totally different like genre. Right. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. And one other key key point to note, too, is that Amazon is not good at unilaterally enforcing all these rules, too. They are And not. that's what makes it really hard, too, because you want everybody to be on the same playing field, where if you've got the top products, you're going to win. But in this case, you have other people who have in their title drinking, but they're not banned. And you are. And that, that's it's frustrating. just in general, it's an extremely frustrating experience. Totally frustrating. but. Yep. I, I'm not losing any sleep
1: over this is a, this is my side hustle brand and the fact that I get to make video content and I don't even care if the listing ever gets reinstated like I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it at all although I do have 2,000 units sitting at FBA right now and I'm just kind of wondering like what's gonna happen to my IPI score so I do care a little bit yeah uh, but the fact that I can like share my suffering and, and make a use case like that's that's like worth the value of the loss right there in the silver <laughs> lining but it's you know i i only sell those wine glasses because i want to be able to talk to clients and say look like i understand your pains here here's proof right there i i, I get it <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure sure so uh, another topic that we covered a while ago and there's many different approaches to take new product launches can you walk me through what your typical new product launches, what you what you utilize for your clients when launching a new product? What's the typical method? We've walked through ours and interested to see how you typically approach that.
1: I think everything can be broken down very basically within Seller Central. I am an advocate for external traffic, but we don't use it. So I don't use rebates. I don't use review generation programs. We're using the straight classic best practices. Grow traffic to the listing in the form of PPC and SEO. PPC is the fundamental number one, most important thing you do. And for those listening to this podcast, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys wouldn't be here if you didn't think that. And number two is conversion improvements. Get everything from your catalog and best in class. I think, I think the point that most people still miss on the conversion side is that you need to polarize your audience. That is, you know, do not over target your tent, right? So like in marketing, you're supposed to profile your people, right? Like, which usually people are like, Oh, what do you mean by that? I, I I literally mean like, okay, who is the target audience? So if I'm selling a beer glass, I'm selling to probably a college kid between the ages of 20 and 25, right? But if I'm selling a wine glass, don't have a wine glass on my desk, shut. <laughs> uh, then I am gonna be targeting 45 to 55 year old women. Totally different target demographic, right? Now if I went and had pictures of men on my wine glass pages, it would make zero sense. If I had pictures of 70 year old woman, it wouldn't make sense either. It would make sense only if I put a picture up of a 40 year old attractive woman sipping from one of my wine glasses. That's what I mean by polarizing the audience. You have to know who your target demographic is and you need to have all of your listings perfect on launch. right? So here, here I mean have A plus content up, have your title optimized, your SEO in place, everything. And if you're not ready and your item's sitting in FBA, and you're like, oh, I'll just put A plus content up next week. Stop, stop what you're doing. Honeymoon yeah. period, too important. Hit a launch date, go into your settings and select the launch date for that item and kick it until everything is ready. Your first two weeks on Amazon are critical for a product launch. You need to have maximized sales. Would it be beneficial if you've built a community up to this point? Absolutely. Usually people that have built a community don't need our help, right? Like they're they using their community to get their sales. But if you could, if you have an email list, with thousands of people, you got a TikTok, whatever it might be, drive some traffic on the product launch. External traffic definitely helps at my Amazon guy. We do none of that. We are a straight up seller central agency. We rely entirely exclusively on Amazon PPC and successfully launch products all day long with that methodology. Do you with, start with, with do you start out. with
0: zero reviews? Do you start from the start? Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah, they got read right up early reviewer program. Shucks. We know Vines about to be redone just based on the signals that they've been sending but I would not wait for Vine reviews. I would go up zero
0: reviews. No problem. Sure. How, how do you measure success from the advertising side and key strategies that you use when launching? So, yep. Listing is fully optimized. Good to go. Now what's the key things that you focus on on the PPC side?
1: If we're going to look at it from a metric standpoint, I'd say anywhere from 30 to 50% tacos month one month two, get it down to 20% month three plus get it down to 10 to 11% now and maintain it at 11% ongoing. So if you can do that with your PPC with unlimited budget, then that's, that's how I measure success. If the item is maximized for its impression counts that are available in the space for each niche, and you're selling at a profit by month four, you've done it correctly. If you can't get the profit until end of year one, it's probably too crowded. And anybody who's trying to be profitable in the first month is just naive. So it takes, it takes some time to build a listing and optimize it. And it's hard to dethrone the guy with 10,000 reviews to your left or your right. And you need to, you need to realize that you're going to have to have a little bit of skin in the game before you get the traction you're looking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just to highlight a couple of things that Steven just said to key goals from the start based off of tacos, not acos. notice how he also talked about profitability from the start and then just that longer term investment as you go. So from the start, you know, some things that we, we hear too is when we do a new product launch, People will launch PPC right away and then look at their ACoS and say, Hey, I'm not profitable. Advertising isn't working.
1: Pause it. Turn it all off. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) and, I mean, the the key reason is
0: because you don't have that social proof from the start. You're not converting as well as you are in the longer term as you build up that social proof, those reviews as you go. So, you know, another, another key piece is fully aligned with you there. The key goal for advertising from the start is to generate that initial traffic. It's to generate those initial sales, which gets you the reviews, which spins the flywheel and starts increasing your organic ranking over time too yeah that's that's awesome
1: i'm sending you over the the use case on the on the wine glass band by the way so if you want to put any of those links in this you
0: can okay yeah that sounds great well hey th- this has been a lot of awesome information i'm sure we could talk for quite a bit longer but we'll wrap it up here Stephen. for anybody who is looking to reach out or learn more about you where should they go
1: so myamazonguy.com we do everything it takes to be successful to sell on amazon even filing trademarks so if you need a new brand name you can now get brand registry in under seven days and then youtube.com myamazonguy we have at time of this recording 600 and yeah, 647 videos with free content on how to improve sales on amazon and we will continue releasing a daily video until i die <laughs>
0: that's quite the commitment. I like that. Yeah. So Steven's got a ton of awesome information, so make sure to check that out. We'll include, um, all the links in the show notes and Steven, I just want to say, Hey, thanks for coming on. It's great to get your perspective. I really appreciate it. And it's just fun to talk to another awesome person in the space.
1: Absolutely. And we've also had Joe on our, our YouTube channel as well. If you want to see that episode, I'll, I'll, you know, put that in the notes as well.
0: Thanks guys. All right. Thanks for checking it out and we'll see you in the next episode. Music